We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, you sweet souls and my good friends. Okay, let's face it. A life filled with clutter isn't much fun. And I'm not just talking about physical clutter. I'm talking about old beliefs that aren't working for us, unpleasant, unpleasant emotions that don't serve us, and our relationships. Yes, they too can be messy, complex, and filled with challenges and chaos, dueling intentions, resentment, and more. But there are things we can do, comprehensive actions we can take to bring greater clarity into our relationships with others and a more balanced life. Yes, that is part of the reason I love doing this show. I get to have conversations with experts that share their wisdom, tips, tools, and expertise to help empower you and me live happier, more satisfying, and more purpose-filled lives. So here is a quote from my wise and wonderful guest today that makes taking these first steps toward a clear path and a happy, healthy life more fun. The decision to seek clarity in itself is an action that will bring forward motion, and excitement to the process of getting clear. As I read this, I take a deep breath, and I bet you do as well. We're so fortunate to be spending time here today with Corby Mitleid. Corby has been a host here on Empower Radio and as an intuitive consultant, teacher, medium, past life expert, and the author of a book, Clean Out Your Life Closet. Take charge of your life and love your journey. The path to getting to this place of being a living example of a purpose-filled, joy-filled, happy, healthy life and an international teacher of conscious principles was not easy. Corby experienced two marriages which didn't last. It was on that constant search for the partner who understood. She also journeyed through a series of spiritual paths and a succession of jobs, moving up and down the East Coast for years from Cambridge, Massachusetts to Atlanta to Albany, New York. Corby also survived breast cancer, not once, but three times. For a period of time, it seemed life became a roller coaster with no breaks. But through all of this, she learned the value of the examined life, meeting challenges, learning life lessons, and always asking questions. She is a courageous seeker who exemplifies and embodies tenacity, strength, courage, and a healthy dose of humor. So, Corby, thank you for being here today on Journey to Center. Oh, I'm delighted. It's always good to be back with my Empower Radio peeps. I appreciate being invited back. Yes, it is uh, such an honor to have this conversation with you. I was so happy to hear that you had written a book. And when I read this book, I was I was really, really impressed. Very comprehensive, very interactive, very inspirational, not just because of you and your story and your wisdom, but because it really engages the reader and, and for me, it made me think, it made me want to get creative, which is always how I get, like to get my juices flowing. So I think you did a masterful job with uh, this manuscript. Thank you. So one of the things that I found super interesting when I was reading your reviews is that uh, this book can really help us let go of that which impedes our spiritual advancement and guide us on a path to internal joy and peace. And those are my personal greatest intentions. They're what works 
They're what need to work. If I can riff on the idea of intention, mm-hmm. when I try to explain it to people, intention is like the shaft of an arrow. The arrowhead, that's our focus. The fletching, the feathers at the end, that's the divine guidance. And and you can have all the focus and divine guidance in the world. But unless you have that intention holding it together, it goes nowhere. Intention is everything. I've been playing with that a lot more lately. It used to be ambition was the gas in my gas tank. And and I found it wasn't I found it wasn't that effective. <laughs> I found myself tired. No. Like my wheels are spinning, but I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Intention is not push, it's be. Big difference. Nice. Feels a lot better. I feel like the wind is at my back when I'm living from intention. So I, I love that you, you talk about that and you teach that and that you are the living example of that. So something I really want to get into with you, Corby, is um, relationships and how we can have clutter in our relationships and chaos in our relationships and not know what to do, not know how to start to clean things up and come into balance. So I'm really interested in knowing your perspective, how we can um, start to clear and clean things up so we can have more joy in our connections with spirit ourselves and with others. One of the things I remind people is relationship refers not only to a romantic bond, You've got a relationship with every living creature on the planet, your husband, your mailman, your fur person, your tax accountant, the stranger behind you at Starbucks. So when I talk about getting clear in your relationships, I ask people to think of relationships as a garden. You've got to learn how to keep the flowers growing and the weeds from taking over. And that's part of the eight keys I give for making relationships last because they work whether it's romantic or something fleeting when, when you're with somebody on a, on a bus. And the first thing you need to do is talk. You can't expect anyone, not even me, your psychic, to know what you want <laughs> or what's bothering you if you never tell them. How many times do we see the jokes of when the husband walks in, how's your day, honey? Fine. Now it's not fine. And he knows it's not fine. And he realizes, I'm walking into a minefield. Oh, lovely. But if you tell someone what's bugging you before the situation escalates, then you have some place to go with it. You get more understanding in less time with fewer bumps and bruises. Mm-hmm. Number two, make it about the challenge, not personal sniping. That's so important. Uh, Let's say your partner is hogging all the closet space. For you to sit down and say, look, my clothes are ending up on the floor or I have to keep them downstairs uh, in the the cellar area. Can we work this out? That's going to get you a lot farther than, God, you're such a closet pig. What am I supposed to do? (laughs) Hello? Uh, that, That was the first salvo in a large war. So... When the talk is about the challenge and not the person, guards don't go up. People Mm -hmm. feel included and they're more inclined to work at the situation. Mm. Now, the next two, I have to give wonderful credit to my husband, Carl, because I have learned these from him and being married to him. And the first thing is two versus at. There are times when I've just had it and he walks in and I just start foaming at the mouth. (laughs) And the first thing he will 
say is, okay, are you yelling to me or at me? Because if I'm yelling to him, it's just, will you please listen? I have to get this out. If I'm yelling at him, he better get involved because somehow he or his actions are the cause of the volcanic eruption. So right there, if it's just he needs to let me yell to him, not a problem. Then there's fix versus listen. Mm-hmm. Man, husbands are fixers. That's something that I have always learned. And so when I'm talking out loud and I'm trying to figure out a situation, for years, Carl would say, well, what about doing this? And I'd have to answer that. Then I'd go back to what I was trying to think about. Well, you should try this. To the point where he kept railing me so much, I'd lose my train of thought. I'd get mad at him. We'd have a fight we didn't need. So now when I need to talk out loud, Carl will then look at me. And once he knows it's to not at, he'll say, all right, do you want me to try to fix this? Or you want want me just to listen. And if I look at him and say, just listen, he puts on the spiritual duct tape and just sits there and holds space. And I figure out my life. But if I say to him, I really would like your input, please try to fix. Oh, he's he's in party mode. But that way, he knows there are times he can fix and times not to. So I don't always get mad at him. So the fixing never happens even when I need it. We make clear to each other what we need. So those are the first Oh, that's the other very thing, helpful. Very helpful. Yes. Another thing. Yes. The 60 60. Mm-hmm. Everybody talks about 50 50 relationships, but uh uh-uh. 60 60 is how it needs to go. Each partner goes a little bit more than halfway. And that extra 10% overlap locks it for the tough times. Carl and I had only been married a year and a half before I got my third cancer diagnosis. But we had already been working on the 60-60. So for the next six months, while we both adjusted to how very different my life was going to be with the surgery and the uh, hormonal chemotherapy and all of that, he never said, I'm tired of this. He realized that I was dipping into that extra 10% well. Um, Several years later, it looked like he got pancreatic cancer. I just flipped. I was the one that was always there, listened to his fears, all of that. Luckily, it turned out he did not. It was a benign thing. But those are the situations. There will be times when you can't have a balanced life. That's how life works. But if both of you have put extra into that love savings account, You can make it through even the tough times and nobody feels like I don't get anything out of this. Mm. But on the other hand, the next step is you first, then the relationship. Because if you fail to take care of yourself first, you have nothing to give to anybody else. So true. So you've got to not work uh, seven days a week. You've got to make boundaries. You've got to make sure that you can say, No. In fact, um, one of the things I tell people is no is a fabulous idea (laughs) because that makes more sense than just say no. It really is. When you say no to something you truly don't want to do, you say yes to yourself. You say to yourself, yes, person in the mirror, mirror, I really matter, Mm -hmm. which brings you to don't sublimate your needs. 
If you've had a dinner date with a friend for five years, but your schedule has changed, don't keep just making excuses why you can't make it this week. Say, I now need to work on Tuesday nights. Can we shift it? Can we do it earlier? Can we go to a restaurant that doesn't have booze? Do whatever you need to do so you don't simply grow apart from a relationship. And the last thing is give the relationship the time it requires. We all need me time, but relationships need us time. Mm -hmm. And you need to make a conscious effort these days. You know, even if it's just sending an email or text, I call that the relationship equivalent of MREs, you know, those meals ready to eat for the army. Oh, yes. <laughs> get, on a, get on a phone call or Skype. Make time. Make time to do what I call paw touch. Sometimes a paw touch is a 10-minute phone call. Hi, I miss you. We each have major stuff today, but I wanted just to touch base. How you doing? Because that will keep a relationship alive even when you're both crazed and you don't have as much time for each other as you want. You know that's only temporary and there will be time again soon. Those are my eight tips. Those are very sweet. Very helpful. I'm going to do some paw touching today. I haven't talked to some people that really matter to me. And so, yes, I need to make that a priority for sure. So I appreciate that. That's very helpful. So um, another relationship that I really want to get into that I need to do more than paw touching with if I want my life to work mm -hmm. is my relationship with spirit. What are your thoughts about that? That was an interesting chapter to write because um, people ask me about clarity of spirit all the time, but it's a difficult idea to to grasp. So believe it or not, one of the people that I went to, you know, yes, I'm a psychic, but one of my dear old friends is a Jesuit priest. <laughs> and I called and I, I talked with him and I said, <clears throat> so what does spirit mean to him? And for him, he said that it was paying attention to the way the divine manifested in the world mm. to submit to the utter mysteriousness of it all. He felt the better that he could intuit the motions of the divine that way for it doesn't really have a right or wrong with spirit mm -hmm. you simply need to make time you know yes. part of the definition of clarity of spirit is an oxymoron the less i believe i have all the answers and i open myself up to other ways of looking at the world the more i feel the underlying theme that runs through everything so when people have trouble with clarity, when they feel fogged in, I tell them, try a God's eye view. And if people are listening, they, they can try it with us. Close your eyes and imagine that you are a hundred foot tall deity standing on top of a cliff. You look down upon a village, you watch it for a long time. You can see the births and the deaths, the marriages and the divorces, the alliances and the squabbles. But as you observe, because you're not in the midst of everything, you merely notice the patterns and you can stay objective. Mm -hmm. So that's the way you can find spirit is step back, compassionate objectivity, compassionate with simply looking at self-sabotage and what we need to get clear. Mm. Another way I'd like to explain that is headspace versus heart space. Yes. Our head is logic, cause and effect, tab A and a slot B. We have to have answers. But heart space is where spirit lies, where we just get quiet 
and we listen to what's inside, which may not be logical, mm-hmm. but can be incredibly truthful. Because the divine doesn't follow man-made rule books. It doesn't say yes to Vijay and no to Maria and not yet to Ahmed because of how they view the one. Mm. That's, that's very, very helpful. That's very nice. So I love so much of what you're saying. I talk about like uh, watching our life from the perspective of sitting in a theater. I'm, a, I'm in a big fluffy purple chair just observing it with my higher self or spirit sitting next to me, maybe my guardian angels and able to have that conversation about what's going on on the flat screen Mm -hmm. there without being so um, imbued in it. So tangled up in it. And it it can sometimes give me um, compassionate objectivity. I love that. So yeah, to be able to step back and witness it without um, the emotion. So um, engaged, I think that's very, Mm -hmm. very helpful. And, it's okay not to know. It's okay to be in the mystery. I think that's really part of the point here. We always want to know, but when you don't know and you admit you don't know and you're okay with not knowing, that pops you right back into Martian think. I love that. I know. It's, my life has gotten so much sweeter and easier since I've been okay with being wrong and not knowing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you ever hear hear that phrase, do you want to be happy or do you want to be right? Oh, yeah. I live that phrase. I choose yep. happy. <laughs> Being right didn't make me mm-hmm. feel very good. <laughs> no, I I, I'm right there. So something else so, you uh, write about a lot, Corby, is the quality of perfection. Perfection. <laughs> Can we talk about yes, what that perfection. means to you? What, what, let's talk about being perfect. It's not all, all, all that it's cracked up to be from my experience. No, it isn't. Um, Perfection to a lot lot of people means nothing to improve upon. Nothing's wrong. Nothing needs to change. Perfect is as good as it can possibly get. To me, that would be awfully boring. Um, And the example I use in the book is uh, my birthday last year was, I mean, I was 61. Normally, my birthday is a big thing simply because it's fun. My husband and I go out to our absolutely favorite favorite upscale restaurant in Sharon Springs, New York. We dress up. Um, I look back at the year. It's, it's a real ta-da sort of day. <laughs> but when I was writing the book, um, that was when some major health crises were coming up for me. I was on heavy-duty drugs, really limited diet. I was exhausted. I had these deadlines. Carl was working late. He had a, a board of trustees meeting. And so the whole day, if I was stuck on a perfect birthday is the way it's always been, I would have been a cranky pants for all of it. <laughs> Instead, uh, I just said, you know, this is probably really perfect. Let me see how. So I came up with things I call the perfection ponders. The first thing is perfection can be flexible. Mm. It was perfect for my 60. 60- birthday for the big dinner. It was perfect on my 61st to be at home recovering and taking care of my health. Perfection ponder number two, perfection can mean considering other ideas and changing course. Again, looking at the situation, accepting it was different, finding reasons to be completely okay with that. Perfection ponder number three, perfection can give attention to what really matters. And what really mattered that day was not dinner, but making sure that I was giving my immune system everything it could need 
to help me get healthier faster and to keep on target for writing this book. Perfection number four. Perfection can be found in the tiniest moments and the most ordinary occurrences. That's one of the great things. When people say, what are you grateful for? People might say, I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful um, that, you know, I have a, a nice home. But look even smaller. That day, I appreciated having a sharp mind, a facility with words, a reliable computer, a view outside my window to our hayfield and hills, and the Maine Coon snoozing on the cat tree, <laughs> giving me those little everything is okay mom vibes. Perfection <laughs> ponder number five. Perfection can be the willingness to fail fast and get it out of the way to get where you want to go. So just because you're not getting an idea right away doesn't mean you're not right. Doesn't mean it isn't perfect. Maybe you need to chew on something a little bit to find this other angle for it that you mm -hmm. wouldn't have found if you hadn't thrown away the first three. Perfection ponder number six. Perfection can be flow, not fraught. Because I just flowed with everything, blood pressure stayed stable. I didn't drop anything. Everything was really working for me. Number seven, much perfection comes from imperfection. When you find things imperfect, you change them, you shift them, and you might get somewhere you'd rather be. And the last one is the universe is always perfect. Wherever you are, even in the most difficult situations, whether in your life or in the world, there is a reason it is perfect, even if you can't see it at the moment. And that's mm -hmm. not Pollyanna. I'm not saying everything is always chirp, chirp, chirp. But even in the difficulties that some of us find ourselves in now, we are finding our strength. We are finding our voice. We are finding our passions. We are perfecting our lives. So perfection is always there from the universe. Always. I love that. Those are some really great tips. And, um, you know, something for me that I've sat with a lot lately and what you're saying really brings us um, forward in my mind is that uh, do I trust God? Do I trust the process of life? And I suffered a lot when I mm -hmm. didn't. And now that I really do, even when things don't look the way I want them to look, do I trust God? Yes. So I can relax and I can enjoy the journey. Even if the scenery is yes. what I prefer for it to be. Yeah. As long as you stay involved in the process, yeah. perfection is right there for you. Yeah, it is. It really is. You know, we live on a weird planet of duality, free will and choice. I know you know that because you talk about that. You write about that. Yes. But I think above this reality, if we can get on that cliff, the 100 foot uh, deity, there is a higher uh, perspective. There is a higher order that maybe we, we don't see when we're down here in this, but we can meditate. We can go to that higher place and know that there is a higher order and relax, trusting that, yes. trusting the mystery. Yes, you volunteered to be here. You volunteered to be here, guys. So yeah. it's perfect. Sometimes it's hard to believe when we're dealing with those uh, medical challenges and relationship challenges. But I think the truth, truth is we did choose to be here. And it is a blessing. It is a blessing, even if it, it, it feels like it's not. It's a great honor. Yes. A great privilege. And it is a great honor and privilege to be having this conversation with you, Corby. I think you're amazing. You're very kind. 
And I hear it's better to be kind than even nice. So I, I love that. Thank you. <laughs> so Corby, where can people find your new book and uh, get in touch with you? I'm all over the web. You can find me at my website, which is corbymitlide.com. You can find me on Facebook at Fire Through Spirit. Dot com. Uh, no, sorry, it's just Fire Through Spirit on Facebook. That's right. And yes, that's what my show on Empower Radio was called. So it's been around a while. Uh, you can find the book at cleanoutyourlifecloset.com. That's where you can download the first chapter free or go right to Amazon where you can get it on Kindle or as a paperback. Your choice. I love that. So yeah, if you're ready to weed the gardens out of your life, plant more flowers or fruit or whatever it is you want, Corey makes it fun, interesting, inspirational, joyful. And I had uh, all kinds of revelations and epiphanies going through this. And and uh, yeah, I want to keep going higher. So I really appreciate that you've put your heart and soul into this and, and are so generous with your your wisdom and your nuggets and your teaching and your humor. I think you're just so much fun. It's fun is the way to do it. If it's not fun, why bother? <laughs> hey, we've done it the other way. I definitely prefer fun. I'm glad that uh, you're on that same page with me. Yes. So to my listeners, I hope you're enjoying your life. And if there's anything I can do to support you, I really think we heal in relationships. So be in touch with me on Facebook. You can look me up Journey to Center or Tammy B. PhD. Go to my website, write to me, email me, talk to me. Let's be in conversation. Corby, you said conversation's important. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Got to communicate. So I am so blessed to be in this uh, relationship with you, doing this dance with you. Corby, Remy, my listeners, I'm so grateful for your presence in my life. It wouldn't be nearly as much fun to do this alone. I'm glad we're all one. So take care of yourself. God bless you. You're in my heart and prayers. Onward and upward. Bye for now. Bye for now. 